Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Finance and the Accounting Show. And today I have another great guest on. Now, this guest and I, we were on a panel together because, you know, we connected on a lot of great things about how finance should not just be a function that happens in the background, but it definitely should be a function that happens that helps you make and navigate the strategic decisions that you need to make in your business. So stay tuned. Welcome to another episode of the Finance and the Accounting Show. This is the place to go for small business owners. If you're looking for a great way to understand the finance and the accounting side of your business, you're in the right place. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode. So without further ado, let me bring in David. David, how are you doing? Hey, Terrell. I'm awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. This is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when we, we served on the on the panel for the uh, City of Charlotte's Amp Up program, it, it definitely there were a lot of things that you said that I was like, you know what? We think a lot alike when it comes down to finance and supporting businesses. Yeah, I thought the same thing, man. They're two brothers from different mothers. <laughs> but, but it's got to just go back to, right? You've got, you've got years of experience helping small businesses do their accounting and finance, and you see the same mistakes over and over again. And your heart bleeds for these people, but, it, but it's not that hard, right? Once you, once you get down to educating the person about the finance and the accounting, the core concepts of why you need accounting and how to use accounting and finance to grow your business, mm -hmm. it starts to be really clear. And of course, you and I, great minds think alike. We ended up at the same place. So. <laughs> that was nice. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that, you know, that I always tell all of the viewers and listeners that come on to that, you know, that view the show and um, that, Part of that is a two part street that some of that is like, hey, as a business owner, you got to understand the importance of this. But also as you know, from the finance and accounting perspective, like not all finance and accounting professionals are created equal. And so some of the insight that you shared to where I was like, you know what? You know, you might not get the insight and the type of wisdom that David shared. You might not get that from every type of accountant. So I definitely wanted to bring you on. And, and before we jump into the details of that, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your background and what kind of led you into, you know, becoming the DIY CFO? <laughs> sure, man. Uh, well, gosh, I've, I've always owned my own business. I don't think I ever had a real job in my life. You know, I've always just had that <laughs> entrepreneurial uh, spark or or desire. And so uh, along the way I built, so my first company was a little tech company and I worked really hard three, four years in that, five years in that tech company. Learn, and along the way, this is interesting, I learned accounting, not in school. I had an, a, a business degree, right? And I'd taken accounting classes. Didn't make any sense to me at all until I got in this little tiny tech company, started growing it and hired, <laughs> sounds really stupid, a little old gray haired lady who was using a sharp pencil and a green ledger pad to keep track of my money. And every Tuesday at four o'clock, Phyllis would come into the office. I'd say, okay, Phyllis, how did we do last week? Who do I have to pay? How much money do we have? That kind of stuff. And she would get out her little green ledger pad and start making little check marks. You gotta pay this guy, you gotta pay this guy. Here's your bank account. These are the checks that have cleared. These are the checks that haven't cleared. That means you have this much money left over to pay these people. So basics, right? Block and tackle finance done on a green ledger pad. And suddenly, 
because it was my money now we're talking about, it started to click for me. And I was like, oh, that's all these things we've been studying in school. I totally get it now. <laughs> Forget all those, you know, in school, I, I'm still a little pissed off at Ohio State University for trying to teach me finance and accounting using balance sheets of Fortune 100 companies. Well, what the heck do I care about, you know, Microsoft's investment in data centers? Let's talk about what it costs me to buy a computer for my desk and how do I expense that and what's it mean to my assets and what's it mean to my, you know, monthly uh, accrued profits, right? That's where it was all at. So when it was my money, I understood. Anyway, my, enough about that. My background, uh, built and sold that business, built and sold a couple of other businesses along the way. And finally, I said, you know, where I'm happiest is on the wealth side, on helping people understand how to build wealth in a company. And that got me into uh, the name of the company is actually Fuse CFO DIY over here. We go DIY CFO is is our online brand at DIYCFO.biz, and and this brand focuses exclusively on um, government uh, CARES Act and coronavirus uh, grants and uh, tax credits and the PPP loan and all of that sort of business that's been going on for the last couple of years. So two brands, Fuse CFO is where we do our accounting and finance service and DIY CFO where you can find us online and learn more about uh, coronavirus uh, aid and grants. But, um, but yeah, my background is just as an entrepreneur and I realized that uh, you know finance is where the rubber meets the road, where you really can add value to a business. Yeah, you gotta have salespeople, you gotta have marketing people. But if you if you got all those things, you can still fail miserably <laughs> if you if you don't know your numbers and run your business by the numbers. Gotcha. You know, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it, one of the things that you pointed out that uh, that I think is very interesting, and, and you know, I have my hypothesis on this. Um, I'll keep my hypothesis to myself and ask your opinion first. Um, <laughs> now, when it comes down to you know you really grasping the value and the role that finance and accounting plays in the business as a whole. Do you think that you grasped it faster because you were, you are an entrepreneur and you actually had to be a user of the information? No, man. You know, when it really made sense to me was the day I sold my business <laughs> and it didn't make sense. I mean, you know, I, 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 Phyllis taught me how to balance my checking account and what a balance sheet meant and the basics. But when I finally, sold that company and the people were like, well, your current ratio is kind of out of whack, Dave, you know, you don't have very much working capital. And so we're going to have to lower the price of the business that we buy from you because your working capital is so low. Well, now you got to pay attention, right? That's like, whoa, the lights started going off. And I started saying, hey, man, I got to next time around, <laughs> I got to do better at this because I got to realize how value is created in a small business and why that balance sheet is so important, why it's so important, not just to, to know, to, to build what people want to buy, but in the meantime, to record it in a way that makes sense so that you got banks who will help you out, right? Partners who understand where you're at, uh, employees who can make good decisions about things like prices. They can't do that unless your accounting records are accurate and you can show them this is where we make gross margin. This is what our cost of goods are. Our price has to be at least, you know, one penny more than our cost of goods before we make any profit. It's just simple stuff like that. You got to explain it. But yeah, it didn't really, it wasn't really impactful to me until I sold the business. And then I started saying, wow, this is where entrepreneurs make money is not just running their business day to day, but, but building something that's sellable and finance has so much to do with building something that's sellable. 
You know, and that's a very interesting point because I think a lot of people think about, you know, if I'm building something that's sellable, they think just about the profit. They don't necessarily think about, hey, the business is actually a sellable, you know, it's a sellable entity if you build it right. That's uh, right. Because not not all entities want to. Not all entities are a good deal. <laughs> no, that's right. You're you're not going to be able to sell everything that you build in terms of a business. But uh, if you build a business, if you're an entrepreneur who builds a sellable business, it is likely to be the largest asset in your life. Right? Bigger than your home, bigger than your car, bigger than the furniture you buy. Uh, a million dollar business. Right? I don't live in a million dollar home. I certainly don't drive a million dollar car. <laughs> the business <laughs> is my largest single personal asset and it's it's likely to fund the majority of my retirement. The problem is that right now the business is a it's a giant asset. I could put it on my personal financial statement as hey, it's worth a million dollars. But that doesn't feed my family, right? You've got to you got to do two things. You got to run a profitable business that feeds your family and grows wealth in that business so that when you're ready to retire or move on and do something else, you actually have something you could sell and harvest the wealth there. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it's amazing how a business can be both that to where it can be a vehicle that said that helps you feed your family for now and yeah. an extraordinary vehicle that builds wealth for you to cash in at a later date. Yeah, yeah, you know, it can be that. the. What I always come back to, I've been in my current business now, Fuse CFO is eight years old, nine years old. And uh, at, at a few points over the last nine years, I've said, man, if I was an employee, I'd sure like to quit and go, <laughs> go to get a different job. And you can't do that as a business owner. You can't just say, eh, hang it up for today. I'm going to go down the street and get a job doing something else. <laughs> Unless you can do that if you're building a sellable business, right? I mean, so selling is really selling or shutting down is your only way out. And shutting down just doesn't feel like an option when you employ 10 or 15 or 20 people. And now your business is their livelihood, putting food on their table. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't just walk away from this now. I've got 20 families relying on me for their income each month. So, yeah, if you as a person ever want to do anything else in your life, <laughs> you've got to build something that can be sold. Gotcha. And then speaking of the growth, I mean, when you like say you started off in that first business where you hired Phyllis, Phyllis taught you how to balance the checkbook now, yeah. you know, several years later in the fuse. <laughs> 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 now, several years later into Fuse, you have, uh, you know, the business is much bigger. The reach of the business is bigger. What has that journey been like? Of, like I said, being a one man shop to now with the level of, of reach that and expansion that you've reached? Yeah, yeah. We hit, uh, well, for example, under the DIY brand, we did over 250 PPP loan forgiveness applications. We've done dozens of employee retention tax credits um, under the Fuse CFO brand. We take care of 50 to 100 companies books every month, every, you know, every quarter. Um, so, yeah, it's starting to feel like a like a real business, right? 15, 20 employees. Um, it's actually doing things. But you know what I credit that to besides just stubbornness and not giving up and doing the same thing for eight years, which, by the way, is very important. The first three years of, of Fuse. I made almost nothing. I mean, it's hard to get started, right? It, any business, it doesn't have to be accounting. Any business is hard for the first few years. You gotta stick with it if you're gonna grow it to that size. You gotta have some vision. You also have to have marketing. And I know this is an accounting show and it sounds weird coming from a CFO saying have marketing, but you know what, what got me started 
uh, I wrote for Entrepreneur Magazine for almost 10 years. Before I started my business, this current business, I wrote for Entrepreneur on a column called Raising Money. And that got my content juices started. That got a lot of, it got my name out onto the web for, you know, in, in hundreds of uh, published magazines and all of that content then went onto the web when the web came around. Um, I wrote a book on accounting and accounting process and accounting theory. It's kind of a text, it's actually a textbook for, for non-financial uh, entrepreneurs called the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Statements. Um, I turned a lot of that same material into blogs and into a YouTube channel. And that's what it takes to build a business is not just being really good at your craft, but being able to communicate it and educate people about why it's important. Right. I think you and I share this this passion around educating people. And and just like you're doing this show man, the content around teaching people about finance is almost as important, maybe more important than actually doing great finance yourself. <laughs> there you go. Gotcha. gotcha. So when you started thinking about, you know, where you kind of wanted to take, you know, fuse from where you are right now, you know, how, how do you start to really envision what the future looks like? Yeah. Wow. I mean, just anybody who touches finance and accounting knows that automation and artificial intelligence and just computer processing power is starting to really change how the world looks. You know, accountants, and I, I suppose I count myself among them from time to time, although I'm not a very good accountant. Uh, accountants are, are, are the green eye shade people, we call them, right? They got their heads down over their desk. They're writing, 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 calculating, calculating, calculating. And they don't kind of come up for air. But those people are going to be replaced, which kind of takes us back to the whole idea of education and content and being more than just an accountant. There is such great software, and I'm not talking about just QuickBooks now, but... Uh, but software that reads your receipts and does the data entry for you. You know, I bet in five years, I bet we will turn to our iPhones and we'll say, hey, Siri, do my taxes for me. <laughs> and, and she'll do it like that. She'll have that money. Oh, your taxes are done, Mr. Worrell. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, fundamentally, accounting is shifting from being about data entry and numbers and backwards looking to being more about value add for the business for the entrepreneur as a as a CFO even as a bookkeeper if, if you're a bookkeeper today you've got to do more than just record what happened in the past to the business you've got to be helping that business understand how to make decisions about pricing about hiring about renting their building or buying their building about expanding and going into new markets and doing that course sort of forward-looking analysis of how is the finance department going to help you realize your bigger vision for this business and that's just so important and, and it's you know when you see the technology coming in and taking over the basics you know that that's the only thing left is the human element of how you can help an entrepreneur realize his vision through good finance and good banking relationships and good capital stack and all that kind of stuff no i think that is amazing i mean and i think it's, it's so true as as we see like I said the technology advances for is huge, huge benefits for the entrepreneur to be able to get access to some of those basic things at a very cost effective point. And as you yeah. spoke about for the 
for the actual accountant, like some of the things that we that used to be relied on that we used to rely on accountants, finance people to do like that's being replaced to where it's just like yeah. accountants are being forced to move closer to the value delivery and less away yeah. from the task. Now, you know, yeah. I'm curious that as you've kind of seen, you know, that kind of change over the years, you know, have you seen many accountants and finance professionals really adapting to develop the soft skills that are needed to actually deliver value at that next level? It's hard for us, right? I mean, we're nerds and we're geeks <laughs> and we're, we're not communicators, but, um, but I have been encouraged that I, when I founded Fuse, I said, look, we are communicators first and we're accountants second, because you'll never get the numbers right if you don't have a conversation with your customer about the numbers to begin with and, and a clear conversation and, you know, written down and analyzed and thought through. And uh, so there certainly are people out there who understand that and who work towards it, but I think we're going to leave a lot of people behind and it's going to be hard for those, particularly the, the guys who fill out 1040 tax forms for their whole life that, that never get around to developing a personality and working with their customers. Um, what do they say down here? Bless their hearts. They're, they're just going to have a rough time. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now when you're talking about fuse, you know, what are the, what's the kind of the, the ideal types of clients that fuse solves business problem for and the types of businesses that they support? Yeah, thanks. So uh, this is the same for both my companies. You can say we, we make, companies more profitable, more sustainable, and more fun to own. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, that applies to almost any business, but for us, it's the kind of zero, some, some pre-revenue, zero dollar startups have come to us. They've got venture funding. They've got a clear vision. They Maybe they need a business plan or they need to just start doing their books all the way up to about, I don't know, 25 or $50 million in revenue. And that sounds like a really broad range, but you know, the, the challenges are the same. Somewhere around $25 million, you've probably already got your own internal CFO, controller, and accountant. But along the way, we can serve, we can be all three of those roles for the early stage, zero to $5 million revenue company. And then you, maybe you hire your own bookkeeper at one or two or $3 million. And that's fine. We'll just tack on the controller and the CFO level. So if you don't understand, if your audience isn't familiar with how we break up the work in the finance department, an accountant or sometimes called a clerk is going to do the data entry, right? You've got an AR clerk and an AP clerk. Maybe there's a senior accountant who's kind of looking over both of those people. But then there's a controller who's doing things like cash flow forecasting and budgeting and month end close when they're doing the quality control on all the work that other people are doing. And finally, you have the CFO. And, and most people think of CFO and CPA kind of in the same mindset. That's not true at all. In my experience, the CFO is a strategic visionary, big thinker who's in, in charge of not just the finance function in, the, in a business, but oftentimes also lots of the operations or the IT or the HR of a business, which frees up the CEO, the real visionary, to go out and be sales and marketing and product development and that, that real visionary, right? So the CFO is the inside guy, CEO is the outside guy. And and I guess what I meant by that is the CFO is not the guy who should be doing your bookkeeping. And the bookkeeper is not the guy who should be helping you with, you know, the vision and the forecasting and the budgeting and the model building and that sort of thing. So three very different roles, accounting, controller, and CFO. And we bring a team to every client of all three of those functions. So if you've got a bookkeeper, 
great. Maybe you just need a controller two or three hours a week. Maybe you need a CFO two or three hours a month. You, you grow to $10 million, maybe you've added a controller. So now all you need is just maybe CFO functions once a month or, or board reporting or something. And finally, at $25, $50 million, you've probably got your whole team figured out and uh, and we're happy to graduate you off to the, off into the sunset for us. <laughs> awesome. I love it. So if someone is interested in finding out more about Fuse, where can they find you guys online or on social media? Yeah, Fuse CFO, that's F-U-S-E-C-F-O.com is our main home. Uh, we do have a, a Facebook, private Facebook group under this brand, DIY CFO on Facebook, uh, private group that I'll be happy to let you join. And um, Twitter, I don't know, on Twitter, gosh, I haven't been on Twitter so long. I was biz blog buzz for a while and uh, <laughs> where else? Yeah, that's all, you know, face, Facebook here and uh, there you go. You got my website, which has not been updated in a while, but we're on, is, uh always improving. So we'll get to that. You can see we're primarily QuickBooks people. Um, we do a little bit of SAP, a little bit of zero work, but but about 90% of our clients fall into that QuickBooks category, the, the one to $10 million business who uh, just needs to understand their business better. They, you know, it's, it's amazing. You wake up one day and you suddenly you find that you're an owner of a $5 million company. And you're going, holy crap, I make $500,000 a month and I don't even know what you know, gross margin means, or I don't know whether I'm where, where's all my money? <laughs> I got such a big company, but where's all my money? I hear that a lot. You know, that, that is a common thing I hear a lot where some people say, you know, man, I, I see on the top line man, business is great, but I'm, I'm looking at the bank account, like where did all the money go? And, and right. that becomes a common question that people are asking to where it's yeah. just like, you know what? That's a sign that you need fuse on your team. <laughs> yeah, or, or worse. So, so you look in the bank and there's no money there. You know you need me, right? But you look <laughs> in the bank and you see a lot of money and you're like, I must be doing great. But what you might not know is you're losing money every day. And the money that's in the bank is you know borrowed or it's equity or it's stagnant. It's not turning, whatever it is, not working for you. So I, I've seen people succeed despite themselves by operating their business out of the bank. And when they wake up one day and find out that, yeah, there's money in the bank, but my business is not profitable or sustainable and I'm not really having any fun. <laughs> then, then, you know, it's time for just a little bit more sophisticated look at your finance function in the business. But Terrell, if I told you, I think that finance is the, the stepsister or the, uh, the fifth redheaded stepchild of business. I don't know what it is. So you start a company because you're good at doing something. And so you have operations, right? You start a bakery because you love baking. So you bake. And then you got so many cakes, you got to sell them. So you start getting good at sales and you learned how to use Facebook or whatever. And sales kind of leads naturally to marketing. So you're doing marketing and you hire a marketing agency and you make a big website and you get a sign for your store. And then uh, you got a bunch of people working for you now. So you probably you add HR or you start to use an HR consultant because you got to be compliant, but you never get around to finance at the very end. And I'm telling you, man, if you just flip that story and you start with finance at the beginning and you say, what do I want to accomplish with my life? And what should my pricing be in order to get to that goal? It can be a very powerful very powerful tool that can help enable all the other things. You do it this way and you wait till you get there, it might be too late. You do it this way and you start with those goals and the financing and clean record keeping, man, everything else is going to fall into place and be so much simpler for you. 
I love it. I love it. You know, now one of the final questions that I ask, and I'm going to adjust this because of the amazing wisdom you just gave us. You know, I usually ask for two pieces of advice, but yeah. I think what you just gave us is uh, amazing. So I'm only going to ask, what's one piece of advice you would share with other business leaders? God, can can business success really be summed up with one piece of advice? Well, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, dude. Um, you know, in the end, it probably is about people. Elon, I, I interviewed Elon Musk when I was writing for Entrepreneur Magazine. It's just a quick 20-minute phone call with a guy. And after all of his years in business, I asked him the same question. And he said, hire slow and fire fast. You've heard that, right? I mean, it takes good people. And when you recognize that somebody's not a good person, you get them out of your organization quick and you take your time hiring somebody to replace them who is good. I think that's so important. I think the marketing that we talked about is so important. I think recognizing the power of finance is important, having that in there. Um, I, you know what I told the group that you and I mentor at the, at the Amp Up? They asked me for one piece of advice. I said, don't hire a bookkeeper. And the room got real quiet for a second. And they were like, well, you, you're an accountant. Why are you telling us not to hire one? I said, don't, I'm not telling you to not hire an accountant. I'm saying don't hire a bookkeeper because an uneducated, uninformed, poorly, a poor craftsman, a poor bookkeeper will cost you so much more than you're paying them. Hire an accountant, right? Hire someone who is a certified QuickBooks expert or a certified accountant of some kind or another, a CFO. Hire somebody who really knows what they're doing. And I guess that goes to the hire slow, fire fast whole thing. The same goes with accounting. When you're hiring an accountant, hire slowly. And at the first sign of this guy doesn't know what he's doing, get him out of there before they mess your books up. So there you go. Put a nice little bow right on that for you. <laughs> I love it. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being an amazing guest and all the insight and the wisdom that you shared. So thanks yeah, for man. coming on. All right. Thanks for having me, Terrell. Talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Finance and Accounting Show. If you like what you heard, don't be selfish. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and then share this with a friend because you know a business owner that could definitely use this insight. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, and turn on the notification bell so you get all the updates when we release a new episode.